Welcome to the Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So today on the show, we are going to be breaking down some strategies for you in regards to how to lead your company to growth in an economic downturn. There has been lots of questions coming in from all different angles about how the heck am I going to survive this craziness in this market? And a lot of people are scratching their heads wondering how this is all going to play out. So I brought Danielle back. We're going to have a great conversation today. Uh, Danielle, I'm going to let you lead the charge on some of the questions you've been hearing out there from the market. Yeah. Well, first, I want to talk about, um, you know, are we in a downturn? Are we going into one? Where are we? What's the status? Um, Everyone is sort of choosing to live in one of two places, like crazy fear. Oh, my gosh, it's going to all burn down or it's just fine. Everything's great. Nothing's going on. Yeah. What what do you think is kind of an important place to land for that? Well, you know, so I have many thoughts on this. I mean, the first thought is, is, you know, let's let's live in reality. We've been in a contracting economy for almost a year and a half now. So let's be really, you know, let's let's set a baseline there. I started talking about this. Uh, I think I did a podcast on this actually January of 2022, uh, talking about what was happening in the market. And all of this is expected. This is not a surprise, by the way. In 2018, and then again in 2019, and then in 2020, 2021, and 2022, I was speaking very openly. And, and for those of you that attended any of my launches during that period, I spoke in every single launch about how this is a market that we will not probably see again uh, for a very long time. When we were seeing the flow of money that was happening in 2018, 2019, and 2020 leading up to COVID, um, that, that was just an amazing explosion in the online market. Then we got into, you know, COVID and then there was stimulus dollars and there was PPP and there was um, unemployment checks. I remember people on my team receiving unemployment checks while they were, you know, working stimulus checks while they were getting a full-time salary, right? So, so much money was pouring into people's pockets. At the same time, they weren't traveling. They weren't out and about spending money on activities. They weren't going on vacations, right? So, for many reasons, and, and this is not like an epiphany, these are things that I've been talking about consistently over the last five years, but for many reasons, the last you know five years plus were a very uh, false, fluffy, uh, advantageous market for business owners, especially those uh, selling in the online world. It is not a surprise at all whatsoever that we are seeing what's happening right now. Part of what's happening is orchestrated, obviously, to slow things down. But this is not a surprise because this is just literally things kind of falling back into the normal uh, cycle of of reality, really. And and I don't even think we've hit reality yet. I think we're still um, we're still kind of riding the wave of of dollars being pumped into the market. But that said, 
on the flip side, having been in business for over 20 years, uh, leading through the last crash, we'll talk a little bit about that today because I want to share actual strategy that works, not uh, platitudes or philosophies from a textbook, but I want to share actually how I led a team to growth in the last crash and how you can grow in this one. But it's important to have a balance of understanding the reality of the fact that yes, we are in a contracting economy. What that means is that the lowest tier of your market is going to get knocked out. They're not going to be able to buy. What that means is that there's going to be more competition at the bottom uh, more competition on price, more competition for that lowest common denominator. And it means that you're going to have to shift up and elevate up your messaging and your brand in order to be effective. You're going to have to really identify a gap at the next level up in the tier of the market that you're servicing. And your strategy is going to have to change. And I said this, and I said this, and I said this. Uh, a year and a half ago, we released a workshop called the Seven Figure Market Disruption Formula. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but the reason why we presented that specific workshop was because I saw the shift in the market. I was trying to wave the flag and encourage everyone and say, hey, hey, listen to me. You're not going to do the same things in 2022 and think that you're going to grow like you did in 2021. Some people got it. Some people really got it and they had a great year. A lot of people spent 2022 trying to do exactly what they did in 2021 and it failed miserably. Many business owners slid back dramatically in 2022 because they kept doing the same thing. I'm not saying that your strategy changes. Like a lot of people are asking me now, like, is live launch dead? Does live launch still work? Of course, live launch still works. It's a timeless strategy. It's never going to not work. But do you need to change the application? Absolutely. And we'll talk about that. But to, to bring full circle answering your question, Danielle, where are we? We are in an economic downturn. We've been contracting for almost a year and a half. Uh, all projections point to the fact that 23, 23 is going to be a continuation of that. And in the markets that most of the people are in that listen to this show and the market that we are in, the market is so unbelievably fragmented and you have such a small percentage of market share that it really doesn't matter. Um, do you need to be better strategically? Yes. Do you need to be more effective and efficient with what you're doing? Yes. Are you going to have to evolve your marketing, your messaging, who you're selling to? Yes. Uh, but that's called innovating. That's called being a leader. That is called critical thinking, right? And if everyone could do nothing and just win all the time, everyone would be winning. And that, that's not how this thing works. That's not how capitalism works, right? We, we live in a society where people uh, are, are exchanging money for value. And I think sometimes in the small business market, we forget that people yeah. are exchanging money for value. And the things that people were placing value on two years ago and willing to spend their money on have shifted. And the way that people are thinking has shifted and the way that people are buying has shifted. And it is your job as a leader to understand that and not to just look around and keep scratching your head and saying, why is this not working anymore. It's not that it's not working. It's that you need to adjust and you need to evolve and you need to apply leadership and critical thinking to what you're doing. And none of this is a surprise. None of this is new. I remember Danielle, and, and you probably remember some of this too. I remember in our live launches, 
over and over and over again, telling people in, in 2020, 21, 22, I said, this is not going to last. This is not going to last. This is not going to last. I said it in every single launch. I kept repeating myself over and over again. I said, this is a false market. This is the most forgiving time of your life to be the least skilled and the most successful jump on this moment. You remember me saying that yeah. now? Yeah. I remember you would say, Billy would always ask, why do you keep launching? And you said, because I know this this level of ease and success is not going to last. So I'm just going to keep going while I can. Yeah. I said, I'm going to make hay while the sun is shining. And then, you know, when it gets cloudy and rainy out, it doesn't mean we're not going to keep making money, but it means it's going to be a little bit more complex and it's going to be a little bit harder and it's not going to be uh, the ease of, of what it was. And, and that's kind of where we've landed today. And I, I, again, you know, those of you that listen to the show, you've watched my evolution and you've listened to the conversation that we've had on this show uh, over the last couple of years. I was talking about this in January of last year in 2022. And I was saying, you know, we're, we're building an internal buyer's list. We're creating this relationship between these starter programs that are a springboard and our high ticket. We understand that the buying mentality is shifting and that we're going to have to be able to prove ourselves, you know, in this smaller capacity and then springboard people into the, the bigger one. Uh, I think one of the most important shows I did of the last year was the one where I talked about the internal buyer's list and marrying the internal buyers list with the high ticket offer. And, you know, I, I would go back and listen to that episode again, um, you know, anyone that's here, because not only has that proven true, um, but it's accelerating even more now as the economy continues to contract. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit to that. Obviously, we want to dive into specific strategies, but I do want to address sort of the mindset going into the next, you know, maybe you've already kind of experienced this shift if you're listening, uh, where you didn't realize this change was happening and you had to adapt a new mindset just to be able to sort of get through last year. But what do you think is going to be critical in terms of overall way of thinking and understanding as we move forward in order to yeah. be able to grow? I don't think over the last couple of years that you had to be excellent, truthfully. And I think people that were excellent were almost overlooked because it was just, it was just easy come, easy go. Yeah. I, I think the mindset over the next couple of years is about excellence. It is about really striving to be phenomenally good at what you are doing. Um, customers are are really discerning because they're making less purchases and they're they're putting more weight on the purchases that they are making, and they're evaluating every element of your brand, your your social media, how you interact and engage during launches, your consistency, um, the message that you're communicating, the values that your brand holds. Uh, they're they're very harshly evaluating your onboarding process, uh, the effectiveness of of how you integrate people in your programs. Uh, the expectation of the servicing level has gone up yet again. Um, so I think that the other thing that has happened is that you know obviously in a contracting economy, the the most important thing to have dialed in is your back end. And it's the renewals, it's the retention, it's the customer servicing, um, it's the ability to get referrals because it's a little bit more difficult on the front end. And you have less people coming in the front end, which means you need to be better on the back end. That has not been something that business owners, the vast majority of service-based business owners online today are very, very weak in that area. They have not had 
They have not had to get good in that area. And you will not grow in this next cycle if you do not get good at the back end of your business. If you do not get phenomenal at client servicing, results generation, retention, renewals, and referrals. And that has simply just not even been a part of the conversation uh, for the last couple of years because people were getting away with growth and, and not necessarily needing to put attention and focus on that. And so that would be the first takeaway I would give everybody from today's show is go get the back of your house in order. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, you know, we are just constantly tearing apart what we're doing and rebuilding it and trying to improve it and um, looking at the way that we're, you know, managing clients and, and reinvesting in both the staff and the infrastructure of how we're servicing. And we are certainly not perfect. And we have a long ways to go to get to where I believe that we can and should be. Um, but I would say the first takeaway, if you want to grow in this next cycle, you can be sloppy in a high growth market on the back end because you're bringing in so much on the front end. You cannot be sloppy on the back end in a down cycle. And we're going to be in an elongated down cycle. So here's the other thing that's really important to understand. I think a lot of people uh, were not able to get their head wrapped around the idea that we were in a downturn for a really long time. It's been going on for over a year now. And I don't, I don't know more than a few uh, business owners outside of our own programs that actually grew in 2022. And so now it's at a point where like, you have to understand that, that there is a strategic shift in mentality and strategy that's required. This is not going to be a quick, just hold your breath and hope for it to go away. We are going to continue to be in a down cycle for the remainder of 2023. And I actually think for years to come. Like, I don't see this turning around in 2024, 2025, 2026. Like, I actually think there's a little bit of a reconciliation that's going to happen, um, which, by the way, does not mean that you're not going to grow. It doesn't mean that you can't grow. All of your companies that you're managing for me right now, Danielle, every single one is growing. Every single one is up year over year. So, but we're focusing on very strategic, very intentional, like high intent, very basic activities, but doing them exceptionally well. And we're also being extraordinarily focused on the delivery and the execution of what we're doing. So there's really high retention, which makes growth a lot easier. Yeah. And a couple of things I'll add. I think you have to commit to being okay with the sales process, maybe being a little bit longer and a little bit more. You're going to have to do... I, like you said before, you kind of throw spaghetti at the wall. In the past, we would have clients show up like day three, sort of halfway do a launch, yeah, kind of, you know, halfway pitch it, and they would still make you know six figures. And now you've got to really dial everything in. You've got to really nurture your people. You've got to really be intentional about your legion. And what I think was maybe lost over the last couple of years, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, was um, having a real sales process. That's oh the day. Activities, you know, like the things that are not sexy, the things that are not fun. Um, so when I say you're gonna have to, you know, it's a bit longer. It it actually is probably very normal right now. The sales, the buying process, it was just okay. so contracted in the past. 
that you're going to have to do like daily prospecting, daily matching. So let's talk about that. I'm so happy that you brought that up, Danielle, because I literally just finished a training with our own internal sales team on this. And I'm doing another training with them on this this afternoon. So the, the sales cycle has absolutely reverted back to what it was and what it has been in all of my time of being in business. And again, this is why I was screaming from the rooftops for the last five years saying, you guys, this is ridiculous. Like get in here and start live launching now because this is insane. Because I had been in business for so long before that market. And I understood that that was not normal, right? What we're experiencing now is that the sales cycle is reverting back to more habitual, more natural buying cycles and mentality. And what I mean by that, and especially like, you know, obviously we run five companies uh, in the service-based world with the exception of the product line for Giver Courage. Okay. So we run businesses in the service world. Most of our clients are all in the service world as well. The the consumer mentality in the service-based world, especially high ticket, uh, has always been that, you know, you come in contact with a brand, you, you know, you study them, you observe them, uh, you build trust with them, you go through kind of that no like trust buy process, you you kind of put a date on the calendar and decide when you're going to buy from them in the future, uh, you kind of get things situated. And then when you're ready, you just pull the plug and you make that decision. What had been happening in, you know, these last, I'll call it five years, because I would almost like group them together um, leading up to 2022 is that the money was just flowing so easily from so many different directions that people were just making overnight life-changing decisions, $30,000, $50,000, $100,000 without thinking twice about it, right? This is why people were having so much success with launches because people were literally practically overnight, um, making these massive investments, um, because the money was flowing. It was easy to make money. It was easy to close clients. It was easy to attract leads. Uh, social media was kind of like pointing in the right direction, which we saw an unwinding of that over the last two years. Don't think that that wasn't intentional because they're shifting away from organic and they're making it more and more necessary to advertise while raising your advertising costs at the same time. Don't think that that isn't strategy, right? Because they're feeling the same thing. Look at all the social media companies, massive layoffs, massive layoffs. They're struggling to make money. All of these things are at play. And so to answer your question, Danielle, um, and the point that you just made about the lengthening of the sales cycle, I want to reframe that again for everyone. It's not a lengthening of the sales cycle. It is a return to a true and natural buying cycle, right? Where you go through a no like trust buy process. Now, there's always going to be people that just so happen to make decisions really quickly. So again, are you going to be able to successfully live launch in 2023? 1000%. We just finished one. Uh, I think we ended at what? About a 2% conversion. Danielle, did we finish around a 2%? You know, I always said two between two point five and five percent. So we were a little below uh, that two point five to five percent that we were seeing in like the heyday, right? And there are definitely some things we didn't do a whole live launch. We just did a, a half day it's workshop. New. It's a, a new. Lives. If if we had if we had done the full nine day, I'm sure it probably would have been closer to a three or four percent conversion. We just we just didn't. We just didn't. We just did a shortened version. Um, so. 
what does this mean? And how does strategy need to change? In the last couple of years, you could focus the majority of your efforts on the top of your funnel and the bottom of your funnel, and you could grow. Meaning you're focused on lead generation, letting people kind of sit in your ecosystem, and then you're focused on the bottom, which is just closing people, which could be launching or consults or conversion events. In a season like this, 85% of your time, energy, and focus needs to be on the middle of your funnel, which means that you're really reverting back to a true consultative sales cycle that's focused around relationship building versus conversion. Meaning you are focused on doing your lead gen at the top of your funnel, but the vast majority of your time, energy, and effort is focused on relationship building with people that have already been segmented in your ecosystem that you've already determined are qualified to buy, knowing that they're going to need a lengthier nurture process. If you're selling high ticket, probably multiple conversations with the team uh, and, and very, very much less of the time is focused top of the funnel and bottom of the funnel. The bottom of the funnel, people are going to close anyway if you did the things in the middle of the funnel. Okay. And that means also that your strategy for launch needs to change. A couple of years ago, when we focused on live launch, it was very, very focused on just get the volume of leads that you need into the launch. And if you get the volume of leads and you get the quality of leads, if you just follow the live launch uh, structure, you're going to get the conversions, right? Well, now there's a little bit more added nuance to that because no, it's not just get the leads in the launch and follow the live launch structure and you're going to have these explosive sales. It's about bringing people into your live launch that are already in your ecosystem to move them down through the funnel. Again, now 85% of your time is focused on people that are in ecosystem why? Because if you're focused all the time on new leads at the top of your funnel, and we know that the buying cycle is extending by this much, that means that you're never going to get those people down to the bottom of the funnel. You're going to be in 2024 before those people are down at the bottom of the funnel. Now, there's always going to be a mix of people. There's going to be people that um, you know come in and make the decision to buy right away just because that's their personality and that's just how they are. Um, but a lot of people are really, truly going to invest more time in making that decision and they're going to want more comfort in their own level of readiness before they make that investment in this type of market. It is very, very different. And if you do not adjust your strategy and the application of where you spend your time in the live launch process you will fail. Your launches will crumble. And a lot of people already are seeing this and they're not understanding, like, why are my launches failing? Why are my launches not working? I'm doing the same thing I did before. And before I was closing six or seven figures, and now I'm struggling to get a few sales. Well, that's exactly the point. You're doing the same thing you did before. This is not the same market as before. You have to adjust your strategy. It's not that you need to move away from, and I'm just using live lunch as an example. I've talked about daily consults since the day I started in business. It was the number one strategy I used to grow. I still think it's the number one strategy to build a service-based business. That hasn't changed, but here's what has changed. Most of the time, people are going to want to do multiple consultations or have multiple conversations with a live human being before they make a high ticket investment. And that's also where the importance of that relationship between your low ticket springboard products and your high ticket flagship comes in because you are going to find that 
a very significant portion of the people that join your high ticket this year are going to be people that already bought, bought from you in some capacity, which is why it's so important to be rotating uh, the low ticket with the high ticket so that you're on one hand capturing the people low and then moving them to high. And then on the other hand, the people that don't buy the high that you're reconverting those leads that you work so hard to generate and nurture into some type of dollars and cents uh, transaction. Yeah. And I just have a couple of like marketing things to share because I think this is the time uh, we always have talked about building your brand and building your presence. But what I think most people don't understand is that when you bring these new people into your ecosystem, when you don't have a brand built, then your only method of nurture is conversations on a phone, which who's going to answer your phone call if they don't know you and maybe an email list, which, you know, five years, well, not even five years ago, eight years ago might've been the best way to nurture, but now how many people are opening emails and opening them exactly. actually be nurtured. So when you think about, um, bringing people in and having that middle of funnel, a big chunk of that is going to be your brand online, your social media. So a couple of things to note. Number one, if you don't have one, this is not the year not to have one. Oh <laughs> this my is the gosh. year to invest heavily in building your brand. Number two, whether that's an agency, an internal team member, or doing it yourself if you have to, it's definitely going to be absolutely critical. Number two, if you have used your social media presence to basically sell your face off for the last two years, you're not going to be able to continue doing that. You're going to have to provide value. And everyone and their mom is going to say, you can just run ads and have people watch webinar. I'm telling you that you are making the process so much harder for yourself, for your sales team, and for the people who are on the front lines of selling. If you skip this, your sales process is going to be exponentially harder, exponentially harder. So it's worth the time investment. It's worth the financial investment if you need to make it. When we started the new companies, but we grew the agency with no accounts for a year. And what do we say? Like we have to build the brand of the agency. And as soon as we did, there was about a two month lag And now there are consistently, we have a tiny social media account for the agency because we just started it in November. We just started it. And literally every week we're making sales directly from that social. And it's an account that's brand new. It's like two months old. And I think it has like, uh, what not even a thousand or three thousand people not even a thousand not even a thousand so i want to put that in context for everyone and and i don't market the agency like they're not using me i'm not marketing the agency i'm not using my personal brand to grow the agency um that is completely done by the independent team and so for anyone listening here that doesn't currently have a personal brand or hasn't been building their social like that is an urgent 911 for the year as far as your business surviving. And it's not something that takes this like massive following online to do. Um, you just need to have a clear niche um, and be really specific. And I would say it's a lot easier. Like the agency is having a lot of success and so is the advance um, with converting from social media because it's so crystal clear like what their one thing is. And that's another reason Danielle and I on the last episode talked about why why do we break out these companies? And we talked about focus and we talked about running independently and we talked about leadership and all of these different things. But the asterisk to all of that is the ability to build a brand that is so clear on its one thing will convert a hundred X 
versus something where you're ping-ponging and promoting all these different things and doing all these different things. And we saw this immediately, immediately with the agency, two months of establishing new accounts. And we're getting calls and clients converting every single week from social. And we're seeing the same thing with the advance. And it's clear what the one thing is which is another reason why if you're listening to the show today and you have lots of different things that you're doing and lots of different things that you like, you may want to think about like, is there some cleanup to do? This is why we niched in the business advisory because we have one thing. Our one thing in the business advisory is that we want to teach people how to build scalable, sellable, self-led companies and teams. That is our one thing. That is our only thing. And we wanted to break that out again so that when you look at the advance, you're crystal clear. When you look at my personal brand, you're crystal clear. When you look at the agency, you are crystal clear and so on and so forth going down each of the brands. That's that's make or break in this market. Um, to your point, Danielle, I think that's it's it is not um, it is not negotiable in this season of business to not be on these things. Yeah, to not have a brand. So I just think if you've kind of been chilling on the sidelines with that. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and make this a commitment. It's literally the exact plan we've implemented with new companies and with Kelly's personal brand, pulling that out. So we are, we're, we're practicing what we preach here. We wouldn't ever tell you guys to do something that we didn't think was critical, but this is a hundred percent critical. Today's episode is brought to you by the Advanced Innovation Society, the world's premier networking and collaboration group for thought leaders and industry movers and shakers. If you're looking for an innovative way to create real peer-to-peer relationships where you have the opportunity to share big ideas, to have robust in-depth dialogue, and to innovate and disrupt together, this is your invitation. To learn more about who we are at the Advanced Innovation Society and to see whether it's right for you, simply go to theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. That's theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. We'll see you there. Um, Kelly, when you look at some practical things people need to do, over the next two years, what are a few practical takeaways that everybody can start implementing today? Other than go build your brand, nurture the middle of the funnel. We've already talked about some of those. Yeah. So practical things that people can do right now. That was the question. I think there are many practical things that can be done right now. And the first one is to get more intentional about focusing on the middle of your funnel. If you have been marketing, launching, doing advertising of any kind over the last couple of years, chances are you have thousands of qualified people in your ecosystem that you have not done a good job nurturing, initiating relationship with. So the first step is you need to mine the gold in your own organization, period. How do you mine the gold in your own organization? You look at the resources and the assets that you already have that you're not fully utilizing. This includes making offers to your alumni. This includes making sure that you are very strategic and consistent about upsell opportunities. This includes making sure that you're dropping small offers consistently that people can buy into as a springboard, okay, to your flagship program. This is 
the, the most important thing, which I said already is go segment your leads, go find the people that are in your audience, that are in your social media accounts, that are on your Instagram, that are in your Facebook groups, go find the qualified people and get intentional about nurturing those top people that you want to close to get to your goal. Because for most people listening to this show today, if you sell high ticket, you may need a hundred sales to get to your goal for the year. Uh, you know, if you're selling high ticket, you may only need 50 sales to make a million dollars. So we are not talking about thousands of people. We may be talking about a hundred or maybe a few hundred people. Okay. They're in your ecosystem. You're just not intentional about converting them. So find the list of the 250 top people or the 300 top people that you want to work with and develop a weekly routine around how you're nurturing and building and growing those relationships and just get intentional about what you're doing to build the rapport and the relationship, um, you know, with, with the brand, um, with the person, with their company, with their team, with their social media, whatever it is. Um, this is basic stuff. It's basic stuff that you get sloppy and you skip over in a booming market. And so this is not new. Um, this is not new. This is, uh, the baselines of how businesses are built, how they always have been, but it's stuff that a lot of people have skipped over the last couple of years. So you ask for tactical things, simple things, um, making more offers, making more offers on social media. Number one, number two, making sure that you have a mix of, uh, low ticket things that people can buy into as a springboard, um, and then actually building relationship and nurturing them to get them to your high ticket. Um, number three, making sure that when you are doing your launches, that your primary focus is on pulling people forward from past launches and that you have pre pre-identify the people that you want to close and that you're really focused on carrying them forward versus just focusing top of funnel. Um, definitely you have to understand that you don't want that bottom rung coming into your programs anymore. Okay. Um, I explained, I did a whole podcast talking about our roadmap to a hundred million. I talked about the why I talked about the what I talked about the five companies doing 20 million versus the one company doing a hundred. I talked about all the reasons for that. Even if you are effective at selling that lowest common denominator into your program, they will complain. They won't get results. They won't do the work. They will not make their payments. They will then be a problem when you go to collect from them. They will then blast you online. They will cause you, they will cause you and cost you so much money, time, energy, and effort. It is not worth it. I promise you. So you have to get better. You have to move up the food chain and you don't get to move up the food chain just because you said, I want to move up the food chain. I see people all the time that think just because they decided I want better quality leads, I want to sell to a higher tier market that just because they like stated that to the universe that they're going to start attracting those people. No. And if you don't know how to speak to those people because you've never been that person or you've never been around those people, you better go be a consumer in your own space. You better go interact with those people. You better go get in a, in a group with those people. You better buy into a product or a program or service that serves those people. You better find a way to get clear on how those people think why those people buy, what those people buy, how you need to market to them. Because 
The huge disconnect that I see, and I see this constantly in Danielle, I know you've seen this big time with, you know, coming from this from a marketing space is that, you know, people want, people want to um, sell to higher ticket people, but they don't actually understand those people. They don't actually know what those people want or how they think or how they buy which is why it's so important to be a consumer in your own space and to put yourself in the right rooms with the right people so that when you're creating content, that the content actually speaks to the level of person that you want to attract. Danielle, I'm going to turn that over to you because I think you have some thoughts on that. I have so many thoughts. I would actually surprisingly not even start with the marketing. I always say, you know, when you solve big problems, you can get big paychecks. And when you don't, then you can't. And what I think for a long time was sort of possible was that you can have a really basic knowledge of something that I could probably just Google. And because you put it in a PDF or a little mini course or something like that, you know, I'll give you my money because you saved me time. But uh, when you look at shifting your buyer, they're not interested in that. That's not, they're not um, the type of person who's going to download every freebie and do all these things that you, your, you know, lower ticket buyers are going to do. And they are going to watch you. They're going to watch you over time. And I will be obviously, obviously I'll beat this horse dead for as long. I don't know if that's the right saying. I will, I will beat this one over and over again. Um, if you aren't creating consistent content at a high level, not like the phone it in type, not like the quick borrowed quote from someone who, um, you know, you don't, you didn't even look at it. You have some VA that you don't even check what they're posting. If you're creating that kind of content, know that you're immediately repelling those. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to get on six sales calls typically until they've watched you for a while. Yes. Until they've really paid attention for, you know, sometimes it depends because this type of buyer only buys when they need something. They are assessing the market for a long time. They're watching, they're watching, they're watching. And when they're ready, they're going to buy. And so if you're not number one, top of mind, and number two, top of mind in a way that's compelling, that you're the one who's the best at what you do, solving a big enough problem for them to pay a big enough price, they're not going to pay attention to you. And so if you think, you know, all these other tactical things that you're doing with fake urgency and these opt-ins and all that, that's not how high ticket buyers are buying. And if you think you're going to phone in your content and, you know, have it just sort of be slapped up in the, in the market, it's not going to work. It's not going to, no. You've got to commit to number one, your own thought leadership and how you're going to really craft a brand around that so that it's obvious you're better than everyone else in your industry. Number two, what is your offer? And this might be something that some of you need to reevaluate. Uh, we did this a little bit in, in our agency. We didn't completely shift it, but we certainly shifted the focus Yes, based on, hey, in a time where people are spending a lot of money, they're going to spend money on things that are nice to have. Because they're nice to have. Yes. But when things get hard, they're going to cut anything that's nice to have. Even even people with a lot of money, they're going to cut anything that's nice to have. And they're going to only buy what's absolutely critical to them. So how do we shift our offers so that when they're looking at cutting down their P&L, which every business will do, every business, even $100 million companies are looking at their P&Ls and looking at how to save. Yeah. How do we become 
the inexpendable thing, the thing that we're like, no, that's making us money. That is so valuable to what our goals are that we can't let that go. 100%. So you might need to assess your current offers and say, are they solving a real enough, big enough problem? Because a nice to have problem solved, like, oh, this is annoying. I want that solved is not going to cut it in this world. Like you're going to have to really solve what I call like the bleeding problem. Like what is the thing that I can't live without? And so I know you did that in your corporate career, you know, shifted from one type of offer that just, like you said, immediately, basically overnight sort of disappeared and had to totally build something new. And and let me talk about that for a second, Danielle, because like you're making such a good point, right? So yeah. So I, I, and, and again, I want to dial back for a second. And then, yes, I do want to talk about the strategies that I used um, when when the last crash happened, because I, I do think that's important and relevant in the context of this conversation. But I do want to shift back to what you were just talking about like a couple minutes ago, which was important. Um, you can't phone it in with your content, guys. We have people, I think in the last month and a half, we had six or seven people join our Legacy Leaders Mastermind. This is an $85,000 investment. These people never spoke to me. I don't, I don't do sales in our organization. I haven't done sales for five plus years. I'm happy to do it. I will do it. Um, I will get in there uh, whenever necessary. I haven't had to yet. I, and, I, and I will as needed. But people are still buying. And people are still buying without even having a conversation with the person that they're buying from at $85,000 a clip. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that's happening because I never phone it in because I never phone it in. And what I mean by that is I am so strategic and thoughtful about what I'm putting out in the world and who it is for. And the context of the quality of what is coming out of this organization from a content standpoint is so incongruent with the market that it's just obvious. Million dollar business owners recognize that this is where they need to be. Like they're not going to get what they're getting in legacy leaders anywhere else. And and it becomes obvious. It becomes obvious. And then they see people online and they're like, who's that person working with? And it's like, oh, Kelly Roach, legacy leaders, right? Who's that person working with? Kelly Roach, legacy leaders. Who's that person working with, right? But to your point, Danielle, high ticket buyers are watching you launch. High ticket buyers are watching the topics that you're putting out in your content. High ticket buyers are assessing the energy of the content that you're putting out. They can tell when you're being a lazy marketer and you don't give two craps about what you're doing. I see people put up posts all day long, every single day that have absolutely zero value to the world, no thought behind them just because they needed something to say. And they just want to put something out. And it is so obvious. I just want to be like, shut up, like stop, please stop for the benefit of all of us. Because what it does is it just creates on your brand and it's obvious, right? So to your point, Danielle, like I cannot be direct enough about the importance of intent Mm -hmm. with the content that you're creating and the brand that you're building Mm -hmm. and the quality and the caliber of what you're putting out. Right. Um, you look at what we're doing with the podcast, you look at what we're doing with the personal brand. Um, you know, we're, we're doing more focus on quality content, more focus on, uh, building the brand, more focus on the podcast in particular, because it's, it's long form content. Like 
you're getting, we could charge for this conversation that we're having today. Someone could listen to this conversation that we're having today and go make another million dollars in their business. That's the truth. That's the truth, right? And since we're not charging, if you just leave a review, we'd so appreciate it. Since we're not charging, (laughs) if you could leave a review, that would be really super helpful. And if you mention this particular episode in the review, what are we going to get? Let's give them something awesome if they mention this particular um, I can send you, you can choose. We've got a couple of shirts that are pretty cool, or I could send you a, a planner, which is still February. So if you're if you're listening to this in the first quarter of the year and you want one of our planners, they're sixty five bucks. Cool. They're amazing. Kelly's entire life is in the planner. It's this is true. Events. This so, is true. Uh, yes. And it comes with a strategic planning session that she literally walks you through for the whole year. So. If you do that, I will send the first three people. How about that? The first three people who mentioned this episode in there, I will send you a planner. You just got to DM Kelly the, uh, the a screenshot of it. So write cool. the review, screenshot it. Yeah. So not only are we not charging you, we're going to give you something for, yeah. for listening. That says a thanks for listening. Okay. So so coming back to to this, you know, we're talking about the importance of not phoning it in with your content. And also to be mindful of the energy. You can read people's energy in the content that they come in. I can literally tell reading someone's content, are they in a good space? Are they in a bad space? You know, is this someone's energy that I want to connect with? Like, what kind of person is this? Like, you can feel all the feelings when you absorb what someone's putting out in the world. And so you have to be mindful of the energetic state that you're in. And if you're not in a good state because your business hasn't been growing and you feel frustrated, you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you're at a halt, you got to do some clearing. I have talked on this show about healing. I have talked on this show about meditation. I have talked on this show about the importance of working on yourself. We all get in a bad place sometimes. We all get in a bad place sometimes. We all get in a content rut sometimes. We all get frustrated and overwhelmed sometimes. That's called being human, right? None of us are immune to it, but we have to manage it. We have to take responsibility for it, right? So... Executing your launches, I've gotten this question so many times. I feel like I can't answer it one more time, but yet I am going to answer it again because it keeps coming up. I keep hearing from people, high level, high ticket buyers don't watch launches. This could not be further from the truth. All of your high ticket buyers uh, want to launch or do launch themselves. They are watching your launch. They are not going to be the person in launch that's fangirling you. They're not going to be the person in launch chatting it up with your social seller. They don't give a crap. They're probably going to ignore all the messages completely. And they want to watch in their own peace from afar and decide whether or not they like you. And then once they've watched from afar and decided whether or not they like you, and if they think you really know your stuff and you really could get them to where they want to be, as Danielle just mentioned a couple minutes ago, when they're ready to buy, They will reach out, they will let you know, they will make a buying decision and they'll be on their way. And you'll say, oh my gosh, that sale happened so easily out of nowhere. No, that person just wants to watch your last six launches that you did. That person's been studying you for years, okay? So don't think that because they are not loud and in your face that they are not watching. I promise you they are. And so many times people say, I want to attract a higher quality audience. I want to attract a higher quality audience. They start putting out higher quality and higher level content and their engagement goes down. And because their engagement goes down, they revert back to the low level crap that they were doing that was attracting low level crap. (laughs) 
high ticket buyers are not going to sit and fangirl you online. They're not. Mm -hmm. So if you're letting your behavior change and you keep lowering the caliber of the content that you're putting out because you're scared when engagement drops, I think the number one thing I've had going for me basically since day one uh, as an online marketer is that I don't care. Like I literally don't care. I don't care how many people like my posts. I don't care how many people comment on my posts. I work to grow the brand and, and engagement is uh, definitely an important piece of that, but I will not let that dictate. Am I putting forth strategy at a level and caliber that I want? Because I know when I start talking about higher caliber things at a higher level, I'm going to get less engagement but that's okay. The right people are going to consume it and the right people are going to observe it. And I'm going to do it anyway. And I see so many people that start down the path of elevating and then they immediately pull back out of fear and they lower back down what they're doing. Danielle, what would you add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, to kind of tie it all together, you have to commit to a few things in the next couple of years. One of them is you're going to have to commit to going back to understanding your market. So if you're here saying these things like, I want to shift, you know, I want to shift to a higher level person, then you're going to have to understand how those people buy. Like we mentioned, you're going to have to understand that they are making a sizable investment and they're not, they're not, um, Mm -hmm. Buyers who don't do so with a good amount of information, but they're not going to come to you saying, tell me everything about your company. They're smarter buyers than that. They're going to be paying attention, which means that you then need to say, am I investing in the brand I'm building online? And am I focusing my time on nurturing, like you talked about way at the beginning to bring it back to that, that middle of the funnel? Uh, those people are watching you in your email list or in your launches in the same way they're watching you on Instagram or listening to your podcast or whatever those things are. So that's number one. You have to agree to saying, okay, I might need to check a little bit of my pride at the door and realize I actually don't know if I know how these people buy and commit to studying what is your what is what is the market doing and how are they doing yeah. it. The second thing is I feel like everybody's got to kind of put their big girl panties on and just say, I'm going to do the work this year. I think that, you know, when things are easy, like you said, like we've talked about it so many times, so I don't need to go into this. Everything was easy. You could be sloppy. You could be sloppy in your marketing. You could be sloppy in your sales. You could be sloppy in your launches. You could be sloppy in your delivery and lose people out the back end like crazy and didn't matter because it was so easy to replace them. So in no way was there any sort of, you know, call to kind of be better. And now the people who aren't committed to like extreme excellence and not just excellence in delivery, but excellence in their marketing, excellence in their sales process, and quite honestly, just mental toughness to show up. Because if you've been selling for the last two years and everyone's saying yes all the time, when you barely pitch anything, it's kind of hard to go to a point, you know, where people are maybe not calling you back. Maybe they're not answering. Maybe you have to work a little bit harder than you did, you know, three years ago. You've got to be mentally tough enough to handle that. And I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think your greatest edge, if like to at the end of all of this, your greatest edge is going to be the people who commit right now to, to be the best marketer in their industry, the best salesperson in their industry, the best delivery going back to you get the best results for a bleeding need. Yeah. And you commit to that, to working 
potentially more than the rest of the people in your industry because you know that's what it's going to take. Those are the people who are going to win because a lot of people, it's going to be too hard. They're going to peace out. They're going to say, I can't do this. And when you commit to being that person who does stay in the game and doesn't just stay in the game, but you're like, no, I'm here to play. And I'm like playing all out. You're going to, like you said, it's not that you can't grow. You can absolutely grow. In fact, those people who do that are going to exponentially grow. But I think the last thing that I would say is it's going to require some patience. You have to commit to doing the work today, knowing that you might not see that come to full fruition for another six months, nine months, a year. And that is a level of mental toughness that most people don't have. They can't wait for that six months, year, two years, three years. If it's not happening now, they can't handle it. And so if you yeah. are that person who can handle it, you're going to be such, you're going to be in such an incredible place in the next couple of years. So thoughts yeah. on that? No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, it, it, during a downturn is always when the greatest opportunity for wealth exchange happens. I know for us and our companies, all of our budgets are for growth this year. And we knew full well what the market that we are coming into was, but we also understand how to navigate it. And doesn't mean that there won't be twists and turns and surprises along the way. No two downturns are the same, which is why it's kind of funny when people are like, recession proof your business. And it's like, yeah, but every recession's totally different. And you can't just cookie cutter um, the things that you've done in the past and the future and think they're going to be exactly the same. However, there are underlying principles. And to Danielle's point, you either decide you're going to lean in, you're going to play full out, and you're going to grow through this or you're going to lean out, um, but you won't ink your way through it. And I think that a lot of people were waiting and hoping last year in 2022 that this would all just like go away and it would all go back to normal. And they didn't make like the big dramatic changes. Um, And it's not, I think a lot of people think about the changes that they need to make to grow in a market like this from the standpoint of like, I need a new strategy. Like I need a new thing. I need a new tactic. It's actually not that. It's your own behavior. It's your own mindset. We're doing all the same strategies we've always done. Daily content, posting on social, um, live launches, mini workshops, daily consultations, um, invitations to buy. Like literally all the strategies, the tactics are exactly the same. The approach, the language, the mindset, the mentality, where you're putting your own internal focus and attention, that is what radically shifts. And that's a part, Danielle, that I don't see people getting yet. They're still out there looking for the next newest thing, thinking that something's going to come in and save them. There's no strategy or tactic that anyone is going to come up with that is going to alleviate the fact that you need to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to like put it that way, but like I'm here to help you guys make millions of dollars and you all can't. Yeah. But there's no one that can make you be better than than you deciding that you're going to be better. You might need to build new skills. You you need to improve the back of your house. The the back end has to be solid. Retention, renewals, uh, customer journey, onboarding. You know the results your customers are getting. You're going to have to up level, and you have to shift your attention from the top and bottom of the funnel to the middle of the funnel. And and as Danielle said, employed extreme patience. Um, I would love to do a part two of this conversation, Danielle, because this was already kind of a long conversation. I want to give people some chunks to to think about, but what we'll do guys is we'll come back. I do want to walk you through what I did uh, in the last downturn and how we were able to grow through that, Mm -hmm. avoid layoffs, avoid branch shutdowns, 
and able to find an entirely new category for profits, because I think there's a lot to be learned there. And there's a lot that each of you can apply. So I'm going to bring Danielle back again. We're going to do part two of this conversation. Uh, but I hope you got some actionable things. Uh, head on over to the Apple reviews and let us know what your biggest takeaways from today's session were and screenshot it, send it over to me at Kelly Roach official on Instagram. And we'll look forward to sending you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.